No, that's a pretty lightweight album. You know, I mean, I love Friends. I love the song Friends. I thought that was really great. But the album, I'm surprised it got to 126. Maybe 1,026 might be more appropriate. Welcome back to the Sail On Podcast. This is Wyatt in Nashville, Tennessee, your friend and host for this journey through the life, music, and career of America's band, our band, the Beach Boys. Today we have a fantastic show. As you know, we have reached the Friends era. I'm very excited, as I know many of you are. Today we're joined by a new guest who is also a Friends aficionado. But first, let's celebrate the news. Capitol Records is releasing a newly remastered and expanded edition of the Beach Boys' greatest hits collection, Sounds of Summer, on June 17th to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the band. This release features 50 more of the band's songs that span their earliest hits to deeper fan-favorite cuts from their 1962 debut album, Surf and Safari, all the way through 1989, Still Cruisin'. So we've got 24 new mixes, which is exciting, and two first-time stereo mixes, and 22 new and improved stereo mixes. So here to help me make sense of all this is our correspondent on the West Coast from the Sail On News Center, breaking waves and breaking news <laughs> left and right, Nia D'Amelio. How you doing, Nia? Wow, what an introduction. I'm doing so well after that. How are you, Wyatt? I'm great so you have listened to the newly released remix of good vibrations yes i have um i'm gonna go ahead and let you know that i have not listened to it oh because i want to i want to 
you know, I want to let it simmer a little bit with the fan base before I really get into it. Yeah. But you had some you had some opinions on it, and I figured I'd bring you on to, to talk about it because I think you know every time there's a new remix or a new remaster, there's always a lot of different opinions because people, you know, for better or worse, they get really enamored with the maybe the original mono mix of something or maybe the stereo remix and whatever that may be. It's always interesting to get people's takes on these new mixes and how many times can we remix some of these Beach Boys songs? It's mm. just getting to the point where, you know, are we really improving them or are we just, you know, making them different? Mm -hmm. So um, what were your thoughts on this? Well, um, it's so funny, like... I'm, you know, part of the Salon group, and I feel like most of the people who are in this group um, had positive reactions to it. And then people that I uh, that I follow on Instagram didn't like it. So it was a really weird hmm. combination. Um, you mean the you mean the Salon Facebook group? The Salon Facebook group, yes. Okay, which I don't um, which I don't visit. So <laughs> yes, and I'm sorry, I've been avoiding <laughs> Facebook at all costs no problem but thank you continue um so the first thing that i saw about it I, I i saw the announcement of the box set and i did i don't think i realized that they were releasing something immediately which was this good vibrations mix and so the first thing i saw about it were all these people that i follow on instagram were like the s is gone i don't know if you've heard about this um s gate i guess i'll call it um no but basically the S at the end of Where's can no longer be heard in this mix. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head A bunch of people that <laughs> I follow were really losing their mind about it. I think it's funny that it was kind of edited that way, but I, fe I feel like I needed to address S-Gate first and foremost before I give my opinion on the whole mix. I wonder if it was um, like a, if they put a de-esser on it and it just it was the threshold was set too high and it just completely took out the S. In, in audio engineering world, that's you know a, a kind of an easy way to set a plug-in or a, or a piece of hardware to get rid of s's that are harsh but maybe i don't know maybe or maybe it was just a, a bad fade out but that's interesting i wonder what happened there yeah um yeah i'm not sure what happened there either and i, I think that you know i I've, i'm going back and forth between like the original mono and this new mix and the mm -hmm. s is barely there to begin with but it, it mm. is there um so in the original mix so that's right. that's first and foremost what I what I have to say about Sgate. Um, overall, there's a, there's lots of new stuff that you can hear in this stereo mix. Um, hmm. There's some kind of like a tack piano or like a harpsichord or something um, that you can really hear really prominently in this stereo mix during the choruses that I've never heard before. Um, I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't really like it because I felt like the chorus is supposed to like build, you know, you're always getting a new vocal build. So it's just supposed to get louder and louder. Um, and it was just so bright, right up front that I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but um, 
there were little things here and there throughout the mix that I was like, oh, this is different. You know, it was very clearly different. Um, like, I think the outro is pretty different. Um, the theremin sounds like a different instrument to me, like a new theremin <laughs> to me. Wow. Um, okay. But overall, if I were to give it like one critique that I'll stick to forever, like all these things are so little and, you know, I'm sure it'll grow on me. But I think that the thing that I'm absolutely flabbergasted by is that I can hear the cuts from the verses mm. to the choruses. I can right. hear the different cuts, which you can't hear in the original mix. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you guys be the judge. Let me know what you think. I mean, I'm excited either way. I don't know if I'm going to splurge to buy the vinyl set. The only reason that I would is just to let the band and uh, record label know that I am interested in buying Beach Boys vinyl. Right. That's about it. I'm not going to buy this and listen to it. I'll just be honest. It just, you know, I, but I want them to continue to put out vinyl. I want a, you know, the hopefully released soon box set of 1972 yeah material to come out on vinyl it'll be awesome to get a new carl and the passions and um you know all the bonus material from that era so it's interesting that it it goes up to still cruising and it doesn't cover you know the summer 90s paradise stuff yeah or right? even so like, well, that's why god made the radio right right yeah i mean you think that you just go ahead i mean i guess they still are just holding out releasing you know any anything from summer in paradise for for whatever reason yeah. but it you know it'd be cool to get a a new remaster of any of that stuff yeah because i mean you know there's people out there that do enjoy it it's part of history and um still cruising i mean i think there's some really cool songs on still cruising so i'm excited to hear at least you know what what they do with those so and we don't have a digital release of still cruising if i'm i know correct You're i don't think correct. anybody's able to listen to it unless they go find a cd copy so yeah well you know that i have the vinyl and i still haven't listened to it so. oh yeah i mean uh, <laughs> it's it's a must-have in every beach boys collection the <laughs> anyway thanks for joining me to do this it was um just uh, an interesting development in the last week or so and and um I wanted to get an insider I wanted to get an insider perspective you know from someone you know on the west coast you know just <laughs> staying on top of all this stuff yeah. unlike me out here inland you know in Tennessee we don't really you know we don't have streaming music yet we're still working on that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I promise you, it was this announcement was just as much of a shock to me as it was to you. Yeah. Um. So, but well, yeah, I I am by the ocean, so I guess I do have a leg up. Nineteen sixty-seven was a tumultuous year for the Beach Boys. The valleys were becoming deeper and wider, while the crests were becoming few and far between. The success of good vibrations was keeping the boys afloat while they watched their popularity slowly fade. 
With their new single, Wild Honey, meandering in the top 40, the boys set off for their fifth annual Thanksgiving tour in the U.S., which saw the band sometimes playing two or three sets in a day. They kicked things off November 17th in Detroit, Michigan, with opening acts Buffalo Springfield, Strawberry Alarm Clock, Soul Survivors, and the Pickle Brothers. They debuted several songs from their forthcoming Wild Honey LP, including Darlin', Country Air, and How She Boogalooed It. Hmm. I'm not saying this song is one we haven't rehearsed a whole lot, <laughs> but those were the words right over there on the mic stand there. This time the boys are joined by Daryl Dragon on keyboards and Ron Brown on bass, giving the band a much fuller sound. They obviously hadn't learned the songs very well, and most of them were cut from the remaining shows. The individual band members were definitely struggling personally with their waning popularity, and they were coping in their own ways, but H-E-L-P was on the horizon. On Friday, December 15th, the group performed in Paris, setting in motion a chain of events that would change the band's outlook, and hopefully their trajectory. God only knows. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you'll never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. Here's Mike Love in his autobiography. The event on December 15th was going to feature a cast of stars, including Marlon Brando, Elizabeth Taylor, and Richard Burton. But when we arrived for rehearsal, we saw an unexpected figure, Maharishi, who was watching us from one of the seats. The organizers had considered allowing him to speak during the gala, but then thought better of it. It was a variety show, but not that much variety. Maharishi was a small, brown-skinned man with a high voice and a beard and long hair streaked with gray. We introduced ourselves and asked him a few questions, including if transcendental meditation was similar to astrology. He said no, but we didn't have time to discuss matters. The show was broadcast all over Europe and we watched like everyone else, Marlon Brando dancing barefoot to a Polynesian jig with his Tahitian wife, whom he met while filming Mutiny on the Bounty. Ravi Shankar played an Indian raga on the sitar. Richard Burton crooning how to handle a woman while Elizabeth Taylor paraded across the stage. Before we did our set, I had a rare moment of stage fright. Most everyone in the audience was in a tux or a gown, all to see so many marquee names. With an orchestra behind us, we walked on stage and started singing Barbara Ann, and then I saw Maharishi sitting in the front row with George Harrison and John Lennon on either side. After the gala, we were all invited to a party at some embassy, and Brando was there with his wife. For whatever reason, at around 1 a.m., Brando, with whom I'd been speaking,
turned to me and asked, do you want to get some breakfast? Sure, I said, what's open? We left the party, and even though it was a chilly December night in Paris, Brando and his Tahitian entourage jumped into a Cadillac convertible. A group of us, Alan Jardine and Carl and their wives, plus Suzanne and me, followed them in a couple of taxis and ended up at Maxime's de Paris. What could have been a very snooty affair turned into a fantastic party. And I thought Brando was the coolest guy on the planet. The next day, Dennis stayed in Paris, but the rest of us decided to head to London. We went to the airport, and who do I see at the gate? But Marlon Brando. Hell, by now we're practically friends. So we sat next to him on the flight. He was interested in politics and talked about the civil rights movement in America. As we made our descent, I said, how are you getting into town? I don't know, I'll just take a cab, I guess. Why don't you come with us? We've got transportation. The year 1967 had not been good financially for the Beach Boys, but we still traveled in grand style. We had five Daimler limos waiting for us at the airport in London. On our way to the city, Brando said, you wanna go to a party? Sure, I said, but why don't we stop by our hotel and drop our bags off first? We swung by the Hilton Hotel in London where we had booked corner suites, one on top of the other, overlooking Hyde Park. We walked into my suite with a living room, a bedroom, and a balcony, and Brando said, you cats really know how to travel. We then proceeded to another party. I got back to my hotel room at some point, and the phone rang. It was Dennis. You have to come back to Paris, he said. Well, why? Because Maharishi is going to teach us how to meditate. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Well, okay, just make sure. Dennis called back to confirm, and we had our initiation set up with Maharishi for the following morning. I never saw Brando again, but would always remember his kindness towards me and the breakfast. We flew back to Paris early Sunday morning. The taxi driver asked me if I had ever been here. Yes, I deadpan, yesterday. Maharishi was staying at the Hotel de Crillon, and the initiation took place there. The puja, or devotional ritual, required that you bring fruit, flowers, and a clean white cloth. So eight of us, Dennis and Carol, Carl and Annie, Alan, Linda, Susanna, me, scrambled to get what we needed. We entered Maharishi's suite for an introductory lecture. I immediately understood why so many were captivated by him. He spoke calmly and confidently about TM as a technique that is practical and concrete as well as scientific. Sitting on the floor, the shades drawn, my eyes closed, I saw these molecular structures in multiple colors and felt myself going deeper and deeper within my own self. I felt my breathing slow, and my blood traveled to my extremities. I moved past the individual self towards some unbounded area of life, a place that was quiet and safe and beyond the conscious level of the mind. I wasn't dreaming, but the state itself was deeper than the deepest sleep. It was neither dark nor light. It seemed as if I had arrived 
at a grove where all the laws of nature resided within me and had found a place of infinite peace, of profound rest. Open your eyes, Mari, she said. We had meditated for about 30 minutes, and I had two thoughts. This is so easy that anyone could do it. And if everyone did it, it would be an entirely different world. On December 16th, the Smiley Smile album peaked in the U.S. at number 41. And just two days later, on the 18th, the Wild Honey album was released. Met with lukewarm reception, but surpassing Smiley, reaching 24 on the U.S. charts. In the new year, the group, especially Mike, were eager to share their transcendental meditation with Brian, who accompanied the group to New York in January, where they partook in a private meditation session with the Maharishi. And Brian was hooked. Gone were the surf and car songs, as well as the striped shirts of the early 60s. The group was now entering a new phase of their career, re-establishing themselves with a new look and a new outlook on life. With this new inspiration, the group entered Brian's studio in February to record their new album, now with more significant contributions from all members of the group. But contrary to some beliefs, Brian was still the epicenter of the creative energy. I had a good thing rolling in my head, Brian said. The bad things that happened to me had taken their toll, and I was free to find out just how much I had grown through the emotional pain that had come my way. I think that the Beach Boys sound was evolving right along. This collaborative, intimate, and introspective album was aptly titled Friends. Our guest today is someone that I've wanted to have on the show since we started doing this back in 2017. And if you're listening to this show, you probably already know about his wonderful Beach Boys reviews and commentaries on YouTube, where he has over half a million views. So, sail on community, Beach Boys fans, random people on the internet, welcome to the podcast, Giggins. Thanks, man. Stoked to be here. I really appreciate you taking the time. I reached out to you a, a while back because I knew that when we started having guests on, you'd be great. Um, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, and it's really great to finally get you on the show. I'm stoked to be on because I've been listening to you guys for a long time, too, um, and some of the stuff you've done with my, my buddy, Hypnotic Fred, yes. uh, recently. So, yeah, I've been a fan of you guys for a long time. It's um, it's nice to talk to people that know what they're talking about. <laughs> well... I don't know who you could be referring to, but at least uh, <laughs> we, we try, you know. I appreciate you listening. And um, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Like um, most people have probably seen your videos, but um, how did you get started making videos? And even before that, how did you get into the Beach Boys? Well, I got into the Beach Boys when I was a little kid. The first thing I ever heard was the Muppets doing Kokomo. So this would have been 1992 mm-hmm. or three or something like that. I was a little kid, but um, yeah, it was the first thing I ever heard. And then uh, I'd gotten this cassette with my aunt one day at the store called uh, Monk Rock by the Chipmunks. And they were doing California Girls. And I was like, this is cool. This is cool.
And then one day my brother found my mom's copy of Endless Summer on cassette. And he played me the real California Girls one night. And it, it blew my mind. It, absolutely. I was like four or five years old. And um, I never heard anything like it. And to this day, hearing that intro brings me back to then. Um, just a crazy feeling, you know? Absolutely. Hearing the chipmunks do it and hearing the real thing was like uh, night and day. <laughs> but um, yeah, with YouTube, like uh, it, it started by accident because I wanted to watch videos about the Beach Boys albums that no one was talking about. You couldn't find stuff online. And um, so I just started making them because there weren't videos for MIU and Holland and Wild Honey and stuff. And I was like, well, no one else is doing it. I'll just I'll just do it. So I fell into it kind of by accident because I've been such a big fan, you know, for a million years now. Um, and it just took off. Like I, I remember the first couple of comments I got, people were like, hey, make more. And I was like, people are watching this? Like, I'm some little nobody on the internet. Who cares what I have to say? But it's grown into a really cool thing. Um you know, I, it's great that there's more people doing it now online. It's not just me. I don't want to take full credit for being some Beach Boys beginner or, or you know, I started it or something because I, I definitely didn't. But every video was for pet sounds. Mm-hmm. Every single video was for pet sounds, which is great. There's no problem with that. But I was like, I want to read or listen to someone talk about 15 big ones. Like, <laughs> give me some more. <laughs> and um, it's just snowballed from there. Yeah, and I uh, I gotta commend you. Your first ever review was the MIU album, so big oh, props. Shaky video, man. <laughs> I, it's one of, funny because like, my favorites, man. Uh, I I rewatched that video recently. It's just cringy the whole way through. I'm like, it was my oh, first no, video. It's, it's like, oh, good lord. No, I get it though. I mean, I don't, I can't, I don't listen to any of our old podcasts, so I get it. I hate hearing yeah, myself talk. I, right there I could you, never man. do it. Um, no. I cringe when people tell me that they're like, oh, I'm just getting into the podcast. I'm on episode three or whatever. And I'm like, oh, God, no. like, I'm so sorry. I was so <laughs> nervous and terrible. Yeah, we sound like we kind of both got into it for the same reasons. Um, so that's awesome. And, you know, you you have an interesting um, medium doing doing music reviews on YouTube where you can't play the music right. on YouTube. It's interesting and really difficult. Like it's it's like doing it, I listened to a, a fashion podcast, you know, where it's a it's an audio podcast about fashion. So it's the same sort of thing. It's like how do you cross mediums like that without actually showing and, and, and listening to what to what you're talking about? Have you found that to be uh, when you first started? I mean, that must have been something that was difficult to to work around and how have you how have you made that work for your for your channel? Yeah, at first it was a challenge because I used to play the record in the background in my first couple of videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I then YouTube said, no, 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 we want money for that, please. So I just right. stopped doing that. And I was kind of like, well, what do I do? And so it, it really helped me develop talking about music and going into more detail about what sounds are or how to describe a feeling or you know how to describe what an instrument's trying to convey in a certain moment of the song. So it really made me more analytical and it expanded my vocabulary to really make things come to life with just talking about it um you know i, I wasn't like elvis costello said talking about music is like dancing about architecture or something like that it's like <laughs> you know there's only only so much you can do and people for years have been like you know please play music please play music and i'm like dude i can't i literally youtube doesn't like that so you know i do that now with my patreon podcast i can do that kind of stuff on patreon but um which is really fun it's a whole it's almost like I was driving a stick for so long and I'm just driving automatic when I do the Patreon. Um, 
but yeah no it's um it's been fun to just chat about it and figure out how to make it exciting just with my words you know i'm not very excited to look at either so it's like <laughs> this is all we have <laughs> yeah so everybody go check out Gigan's videos on youtube if you haven't i mean i don't know what you're doing you've probably never been on youtube then because if you search <laughs> beach boys records on youtube his will pop up and yeah like you said there's there's so many videos on pet sounds and so many videos on brian wilson and not as many on lesser known records and you have um a little show like side project show called hey look at that beach boys thing which is fun yeah. <laughs> and uh you know just kind of random beach boys things that you have in your collection which is always neat i have a lot of those things too but yeah i reached out to you about maybe coming on to talk about a record or two and you mentioned that friends was one of your favorites and i went back and watched your friends review and loved it and and i saw that recently you you made a post um about friends and you said it was your favorite beach boys record so um yeah Let's let's get into friends and if you and you know we'll just go track by track and if you have any highlights you want to talk about or lowlights yeah then um we'll talk about that but so yeah the album starts off with the lovely and peaceful meant for you uh, a lovely little Brian tune with Mike in his new calmer meditative state setting the scene so to speak for this record which yes. uh, I think does it perfectly. And it's such a short little moment that we now know went on a good bit longer, right. but they trimmed it down to this little bit. And it obviously wasn't because of time, because this is one of the shortest Beach Boys records. But um, it's interesting. Uh, it's just this, really just an, just an intro track. I feel the exact same way, man. Like I remember hearing the long version for the first time being like, what is this? It, it felt like opening a new level mm -hmm. in a video game where you're like, you've played that game so many times and then one day you're like, what's behind that door? Oh, I don't <laughs> like it that much. I'm going to go back yep. here again. Like, you know, this is short version is perfect. It's, it's succinct. It's to the point. It's condensed. It's like, it gets everything out so perfectly in a couple of sentences with such minimal instrumentation and you feel mm -hmm. the soul, you feel the heart behind it. Um, it's a really moving little track. And it's something that I think you're right. It's, it's a perfect introduction to the album. It really sets that mood of like, well, besides a couple of songs, like when they get wacky at the end. But, you know, for most of the album, it's it's a calm little record, man. Yeah, I, I was blown away when I heard the 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 version that they finally released on um, Made in California. Yeah, that's where it was. That was the biggest revelation from that box set for me. I remember hearing that and just losing it. I couldn't believe it. It was like... I don't know. It was. It, it didn't feel real. It was like, this can't have been... Right. It blew my mind. It's like, why would you cut this out? This is so beautiful. And yeah, it's pup, The puppy dog tail version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's probably why it's, they, it's, it's a bit twee, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it a little bit. Yeah, it's so different. It has such a different vibe, though, with, 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 the, with, the, with the additional lyrics. So I get they wanted it to be, maybe be a little bit more serious. But... Um, yeah, it's perfect. It's 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 the best way to intro this album, and then you get right into it with the title track, um, which is another one of these waltzes that Brian was was experimenting <laughs> with at the time, and um, the the beautiful friends, which uh, I come back to a lot. It it really does um, 
it really does sum up this era of the Beach Boys, like at Brian's house, just kind of back to what they did best back in the garage, you know, just friends and brothers and, and a cousin. It just really warms my heart to hear these guys all singing together and and in this really sweet, sweet little song um, with some cool modulations and and really awesome instrumentation. Love it. Yeah, it, it's one of those songs where like trying to play it or trying to sing it, it really shows how difficult it is, but they make it sound so effortlessly because that's just what the Beach Boys were good at. But man, trying to sing along to that chorus is like those octave changes <laughs> and everything else. It's like, good Lord, these mm. guys were good, you know? But um, yeah. yeah, the storytelling behind it is nice. It, it really makes you feel like you're involved with this group of buddies that have been through every up and down together, you know? Um, my favorite line is about, you know, I told, I talked to your folks out of making you not cut your hair. Like it's such a hippie, <laughs> hippie line. Yes. And I, every mm. time I've gotten a haircut over the years, I always think of that line. I was like, oh, I'm getting rid of my hippie roots here, man. Like the Beach Boys would be so disappointed in me, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, just a warm song all the way through. It's just a really mm -hmm. nice, comforting song. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on again to another great intimate sounding song, Wake the World. And um, another one that, well, this one was also credited to Brian and Al. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that Brian wrote all the music for these songs, but there were some lyrical additions by Al and Carl here and there. Yeah. Um, and obviously, obviously Mike. But um, yeah, this is a beautiful one that I was, I loved that um, they brought back Brian and, and Al were doing this song a couple times here and there back in the. Uh, the, the tour that they did a few years back they're kind of promoting this record and promoting the, the 50th um, which is which is awesome and um, I think it's the first ever collaboration like credited to Brian and, and Al I guess you know not including like Sloop John B which obviously they didn't write but yeah it was the first time they wrote a song together um, and Brian called it his favorite song on on Friends yeah and uh I, I mean, it, I believe it. It's a, it's a great song. It's a, it's a great lyric. It's kind of that day in the life of Brian song, you know, sort of that, and some of the other songs around this time where he was just kind of matter of fact uh, lyrically. I, I really love that, and that continued on, you know, into other albums like Love You. Oh, big uh, time, yeah. Which I know you're a fan of as well, but that this is kind of the beginning of those very kind of mundane but sweet brian lyric styles um yeah what do you think about this one that's well said i mean yeah i love i love how the song changes going from that intro to the i guess the, i guess it would be the chorus um mm -hmm. you know it's kind of that one by one stars disappear kind of thing it, it sounds a little eerie for a little bit they get this big not even big joyous chorus it's just like a comforting happy chorus it's such a this album doesn't try to be anything that it's not it's just letting you know, hey, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And every mm -hmm. song is like that. But um, the live version they were doing back in the day on that um, the Beach Boys Live in London album, I love that with the horns in the background. Like this song works right. really well live, um, which is funny because like it's such a calm, uh, quirky little song. So for it to come alive in a whole different way on stage was pretty far out. But um, yeah, I like Brian and Al writing together. I think they're a good combination. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wish I, would, I wish I got to see that tour a couple of years ago. I missed it. Would have been so rad. Yeah, I I got to see it. They did 
that was a highlight for for me. That and busy doing nothing, which we'll get to in a minute. Seeing Brian do that was pretty incredible. <laughs> it's just something you'd never think you'd see. Seriously, yeah. Here, how to get to my house by Brian Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So yeah, moving on. We're we're uh, we're three songs into the album, and I I don't even think we've hit five minutes. It's pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this record yeah. is so short. I got the record in front of me. Wake the world's a minute and a half long. I never even realized that. <laughs> Holy moly! Good lord, it's, yeah. this album is like sixteen. It's an EP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're not even at five minutes yet that's great <laughs> it's, um, it's funny you say that because i remember years ago when i did the review for this someone said the review is mm-hmm. longer than the album <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, that, and that's the thing it's funny we're gonna spend three or four episodes talking about this album that's 24 know, minutes 20 long. something minutes long <laughs> um yeah so next up uh be here in the morning uh credited to Brian, Dennis, Carl, Mike, and Al. Love that. No, <laughs> um, no Bruce. I'd love to see like who actually came up with what line and all that. Um, <laughs> it's always it would be really fascinating. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, just another really cute lyric. Um, I, I have to say that I think you on your review said that it was Brian singing, but it's actually Al singing yeah. the lead. I was wrong this. about that many moons ago. Sometimes <laughs> I'm wrong. On the spot, I'm but. very wrong. <laughs> it was Al the whole time. Yeah, I was wrong too. I mean, I've I've thought it was Brian my whole life until I started doing this stuff, and then somebody pointed it out really quickly to me that I was wrong. But their voices are I, tricky. Now man. I definitely can tell it's Al. They sound so much like uh, each other. Yeah, or they it's can. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, they and I think Al was just so good at, at sounding like the other guys, like the family members, you know, trying to blend in with that. Oh yeah. And later I mean, on, on you know, later on, he was like able to sound like like uh, like Mike Love a lot too. Like there's a lot of stuff in yeah. the '70s, like like all this is that. He sounds so much like Mike on that song. He really does. I mean, it's, like <laughs> it's funny hearing like their live stuff from around '66, '67. Mm-hmm. Brian wasn't touring and. Al was singing so many of those songs because he was doing yeah. Brian's parts. And it's like it's like Al Jardine featuring the Beach Boys. So like it's just um he was so good at doing Brian. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, he was a a, a real big part of that sound live because he did have to fill in a lot of those Brian parts, especially before Bruce was in the group. Like when when Brian right. first went out, like in sixty-three, and then they and and Al had to play bass and sing a lot of the Brian parts. That's crazy. I mean, we don't really have any recordings of that era, but that's yeah. insane that, <laughs> that Al had to jump in and just now now you're singing Brian's part. Um, Beach Boy secret weapon, Al Jardine. So awesome. Yeah, what a guy. Uh, but yeah, what a cool song. I love the lyrics on this. I love the little insider. You know, no calls from Korthoff, Parks, or, or Grillo. <laughs> so cool, so nerdy and fun. Um, and yeah, just a simple, like, it kind of goes hand in hand with, with Wake the World, Be Here in the Morning. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just wonderful. And I, I think about this when I think about the uh, the, the backside of Friends. I like to think of, of that, you know, like um, the sun setting over the, the, the Western, the Atlantic, or sorry, the Pacific Ocean, and um, thinking about this album kind of like as a day in, you know, in the life of of the Beach Boys or in Brian or whoever. I can um, dig that for cool, sure. Yeah, totally. Kind of a cool thing. Um, 
but yeah, love that song. Love the lyric. Love the the melody. Um, and another waltz time song. So cool. Yeah, it's so hard to to write pop music in a waltz time, and they somehow made it effortless. That's the the magic of Brian Wilson. The magic of Brian Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Um. Next up is when a man needs a woman. Um, and a really interesting song because, as we know, Brian did not have a son. He right. had a daughter. But he somehow in his mind had made up <laughs> that he is going to have a son. <laughs> um, so, sorry, Carney. Um, this is <laughs> this is about you, I guess. But uh, it's a it's a still a really sweet song, and and you know shows that Brian was at the time really excited about about being a dad and also it's kind of got a weird you know undertone of sexuality like a lot of Beach Boys music does um but yeah it's a it's a really sweet song and and uh kind of has like a children's music vibe to it and I love the instrumentation and the the simplicity of this one yeah it's got like a little bit of a merry-go-round feel to it with a that organ that sounds just like right. happy and peppy like uh you know some like little kid music mm. um being yeah, the story behind it is is nice i mean um you know it, it is kind of cool to see brian taking on the role of becoming a parent and singing about that so openly mm. um you know especially because two years before this he was singing i just wasn't made for these times and i was like you know what i'm ready for kids like <laughs> it's nice to see that growth in him <laughs> right yeah it's really it's a it's a really cool track I, I i love the the guitars um and the and the bass i think that was lyle ritz playing on this one it's it's a it's a great right. feel yeah um coming back into the fold um and then the that awesome piano sound which is all over all these records but it sounds so great on this track one of my favorites on this record next is um passing by the rare Beach Boys, I'll say instrumental, even though there's vocals, but it's a True. it's more or less an instrumental. There were words originally too, right? So that was a yeah. thing that we found out recently too, is that we had that um, that recent release of the the re-recording, I guess, which, which had the the original lyrics to this, which I'm so kind of glad that they didn't use because I, I I just yeah. I think this works so well just as a as instrumental or as a wordless song. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's one of my favorites on the record. It's actually, um, it's it's probably the one that I've listened to the most because I put it on some playlists that I have. I have a couple of playlists that I listen to a lot of instrumental songs and kind of meditative songs, and this is on there. And I I just love it. I love the the sounds, and I love the weird kind of major minor modulations that they do on this song it's kind of like oh what key is this in okay now it's major oh now it's minor <laughs> oh wait where are we going with this you know it's a it's a really unsettling progression yeah so uh, which is it's really eerie and and also really calming and peaceful at the same time and the great melody perfectly said with the eerie and peaceful i completely agree with yeah. that and um it's cool because i like having instrumentals on beach boys albums and like after this there really wasn't too many after that you know nearest faraway place mm-hmm. but that was bruce um and then pretty much nothing after that so this was kind of the end of like an early era for 
almost all their albums before this had an instrumental on it so it's nice that there's a yep. couple here um mm-hmm. see we get a couple of good ones before they sign off and don't do that to, to us anymore but um yeah nice little song um and we're already on side two like i said like we're you know less than i think we're like 12 minutes into the album and we're on side two here but um another now we're getting into the into into the maharishi influence big time here with Anali the healer yeah which is a which is a great bouncy song great melody really cool lyric um again that kind of close harmony feel um those drier sounds really make you feel you're there i love mike's voice on this i think it's awesome like one of my favorite mike love vocals um I still crack up. There's one part where it really sounds like he like took a breath wrong and he starts to sing again, and I cannot unhear <laughs> yeah, it now. Yeah, I know now. what you're talking about. Yeah. Every time I'm like, dude, just take yeah. two. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do it again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, next is uh, well, two songs by Dennis um, and Steve Kalinich, good friend of the Beach Boys, and um, we'll talk more about him later in the show but this is the first time he's made an appearance i believe first is little bird such a cool song and we know now even though it's credited to dennis and steve kalinich that brian had a big part in this one because um they took some unused smile riffs and used them in this track yeah Um, which is amazing um fits in perfectly and you know had had we never heard the the original the smile tracks and we'd have never thought anything different but exactly just a cool way to incorporate that kind of riff the child is father of the man slash surfs up riff um and it works really well here and i love the the lyric Uh, i mean you know steve kalinich say what you will about his music i think he writes some great lyrics and i ha- he has some really cool ideas and really descriptive lyrics and and he and dennis were good friends and it's oh yeah it's great to see dennis finally this is really the first time dennis um was credited as a as a writer yeah like, uh, this on a record first... anyway this was it right. i mean he he only just learned how to play piano a couple of years before when bruce taught him i yeah. mean that's he was pretty new to it yeah but he took off it's nuts <laughs> yeah um and his voice is fantastic on this i mean he's coming oh, into yeah. his own he's got a lot of emotion he's starting to um become the dennis wilson we know from his creative explosion in the 70s um late 60s or uh, early 70s and then into his solo career yeah um so this is great to see and and yeah right away he's he's uh He's coming in hot with these two tracks. Um, really, again, really great lyric, great performance from Dennis. Um, and another track that fits really well with the theme of the record, I think. Yeah, just that calm atmosphere of these songs. I mean, yeah, right. little, it's so cool. Little Bird was the B-side to do it again, which blows my mind. But like... Um, <laughs> yep. I just, yeah, that peaceful mood of the lyrics on that one and the way that Dennis sings it. It's one of those things where, like, when Dennis sings something, something you feel it and you believe it. And so when he sings about, like, watching a bird or watching a fish or watching the tree, like, 
you just you're hooked on every image there um but for such a simple little song it it moves so well and having that a little bit of that smile element at the end uh, mm-hmm. gives it just enough of a change to make it even more impactful and with be still um it's such a minimal sparse song but you're hanging on to every word that he sings and i think that's what sells it is his voice um yeah for a minute and 24 seconds good lord mm-hmm. but it's such a good song it's and not a Dennis's second way songs are so different than brian's they're way more i don't know like the the chord changes he uses are, are so different than what brian would do so it makes a nice it's not just another beach boy trying to make beach boys music it's dennis wilson writing songs that are dennis wilson songs i mean they're like so specifically Dennis in my mind that's just you can just tell it's like no one else in the band could have written this perfectly said I mean when you get further yeah. into their catalog hearing like cuddle up or make it good no one else could write a song like that Mm-mm. it's just and it. I think you know he did such a good job at carving out his own space much better than than Carl or Al or Mike um, or even Bruce even though Bruce had a very distinct style but he, he just he songs. just came in and was not afraid to to be himself and say, "Look, this is my song. This is how it goes," you know. And then they all were blown away. Yeah, I know Brian was was super excited when Dennis brought him. I think Little Bird was the first one that he heard, and he said that you know he um, was blown away about by how sensitive his music was, and that he um, was so excited to work on it, and that Brian was able to to touch up on it and and produce it and add the the smile parts but right. he was he was blown away by how 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 good it was and uh yeah i mean it's it's great seeing the the early stages of dennis as a songwriter i mean here. even in a couple of years from now i mean two years later he put slip on through and forever onto an album like he's yeah. his songwriting exploded so yeah yeah you're right hearing his um earlier work here I, I can't even call it rudimentary or early. It's just like an already good song. Like these were yeah. just inside him somewhere and it just came out once he figured out how to use the tools and that was it. Yeah. And he sounds so mature. It's it's crazy. I mean, for a guy, you know, who was what was he, like twenty three or something at this point? Like, I mean, he was Yeah. He, he, I mean, he sounds so he sounds like <laughs> he's in his forties. I mean, he sounds know, so mature. Man. He's got so much wisdom in his voice and it's just so rare you know the other guys still sound like kids i mean you know it's it's i mean and he lived such a fast and hard life at True. this point it's obvious that he he earned that that voice but it, it still blows my mind to think about how young he was it just i mean and you, you think bizarre. of like brian doing pet sounds a couple of years earlier even smile he was 23 yeah. 24 years old but yeah. he was writing kind of especially with smile it was like you know storytelling kind of stuff but with with dennis for being a younger guy i mean i, I look back at myself when i was 23 there's no way i could have written a song like that or had that kind of life experience there's mm-hmm. no way in hell so yeah. it's like um again you you <laughs> hang on to every word he's bizarre says. <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> like i feel like i haven't accomplished anything these it's, guys are 20 years old and just making seriously the like, best albums funny. ever yeah like <laughs> Like recently, I watched the Get Back thing, the Beatles movie there, and you know, watching it, you know, John, I think was like I don't know, 28, 29 when they were doing this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not 29 anymore, and I'm like, they still seem older than me, and they still seem like they're older than yeah. me, and it's like, how the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, what? Where do you go from from here? It's like, where do you go from Pet Sounds? Where do you go from 
Abbey Road. It's like you get to the point where it's like, okay, how do I, how do I top this? How do I keep going? You know, start over again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which the Beach Boys did several times. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> in some way or another. Like if the Beach Boys had actually broken up, what would their legacy have been? Like if the Beach Boys had broken up in '72, you know, I say like when when they kind of plummeted and and lost a lot of money and kind of were at, and Brian kind of was done with the music industry. What if they had yeah. broken up? What would their legacy be? You know, if their last album, let's say if their last album was Surf's Up, you know, something like that. Like how would that it just blows my mind to think about like how would we think of the Beach Boys? You know? That's a fantastic question. It reminds me of the Rascals because like mm. they were so on top of the world for 3 or 4 or 5 years and then like 1970, 1971 no one even knew who they were anymore, but they were still putting albums out and making really good stuff but nowhere near the commercial peak that they once had. So thinking about the Beach Boys in that sense, um, I, I still think they would have been remembered as like the surfing car guys that made yeah. some weird stuff later on when no one was listening. I, I think it would have been kind of like that. Yeah. For the people who were casual Beach Boys fans anyway, the, the real sure. ones would know, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because without Kokomo, like you, you were saying, like uh, you and, and then our last guest, Kurt, like, that was like their introduction to the Beach Boys, like Kokomo and the subsequent, yeah, the the resurgence of the Beach Boys into mainstream um, culture. Um, yeah. And to a certain extent, that was me too. I mean, I wouldn't have been as into the Beach Boys if they hadn't had been on Full House and had Kokomo out, and then also all the commercials that had the Beach Boys music in it around that, that time, too. like the Sunkissed and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting, like to think, you know, if they had just called it quits back then, how you know, I'm sure my dad would have still gotten me into the Beach Boys, but Same. it's yeah, it's so um, so interesting to think about those like what ifs. Thank God for Kokomo, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, in some I ways, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> in some ways, we 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 do owe a lot to Kokomo. I mean, it really was a a huge revival for the beach boys and, it was you know catapulted them into a new generation of of fans yep so anyways <laughs> anyway from kokomo to Let's go back in time <laughs> <laughs> busy doing nothing uh one of my favorite tracks on the record uh, a, a really great brian wilson lyric again like you mentioned like just giving directions to his house in the song is is so interesting and not real directions because i mean it's not <laughs> he doesn't list street names and stuff but right um it's still really sweet and naive and and comes across as being completely genuine to me like oh yeah very brian and i've been every time i drive by um his bellagio house which i've done several times yes um, so I do cool, think man. about like, man, like where would these directions be coming from? Because I could never figure it out. It didn't make as much sense to me. I'm sure someone's, yeah, like, someone's probably mapped it out, but yeah, this is an interesting track cause it's kind of Brian tapping into some Latin vibes, um, and, uh, some interesting chord movement that Brian doesn't usually do. Not at all. And, um, I wonder what it was that Brian was hip to that that made him want to write something like this i always wonder because there was a lot of stuff yeah. out at the time a lot of brazilian pop music and stuff that may have been making it making its way onto radio stations 
in the LA area, but it's always yeah. been curious about that. Um, I've always wondered that too. I mean, that's because yeah. um, that music was so huge that sort of almost loungy type music for a while there, mm-hmm. um, inescapable. So I, he, yeah. I mean, he was a fan of the radio anyway at that point. So he may, just, may have just been inspired by what he was hearing on the radio. Uh, I I loved getting to see him play this live. It was a real treat. That um, must have been a trip. I mean, because he, yeah. he barely ever touches that song. So it must have been really cool. So yeah, this one was also um, all session musicians. So, you know, uh, Lyle Ritz, Al Vescovo, Jay Migliori, you know, well known from the Pet Sounds days as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool. Um, great track. Again, one of my favorites on the record. So I got into that song through that classics selected by Brian Wilson CD back in the day before I heard Friends. And I remember that song striking me so intensely, being like, what is this weird, quirky little song? Where did it come from? What planet is it from? Mm-hmm. Um, so this this song was my introduction to Friends, actually. So I, I owe a lot to that CD. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those songs where you never, you never forget it as a Beach Boys fan. It, it's always going to be just weird enough and amazing but, enough to stick and then also you. uh marilyn and and diane singing on this song too so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool and i love yeah. diane you know kind of was their their secretary at this time in a lot of ways um she has a little message on the back of the album that says on behalf of the beach boys i would like to take this opportunity to thank our many musician friends for taking part in the making of this album really interesting little tidbit there from diane yeah Next track is another instrumental called Diamond Head, which um, I think was just a little jam session in the studio, you know, credited to the session musicians, basically. Um, right. But right. it's a it's an awesome, awesome track. I love it. I mean, again, like I put it on certain playlists that I that I like to listen to for meditation or for just chilling out because it's such a vibey track. Oh yeah, and um, uh, they actually played, they actually played Diamond Head in concert too when I saw them, and that was a really neat when I saw Brian. No way, that's awesome, yeah, man. That was amazing. Um, I mean, this song is super long at three and a half minutes. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. bloody yeah, I know. torture it's, at that point. It's <laughs> exactly, it's the longest track on the album. Imagine that. It's like I love they, that they just, song. They needed time to fill, I guess. Let's <laughs> keep jamming. Keep jamming. Yeah. It sounds um, so good. The steel guitars, yeah. the sound effects like birds in the background that make it sound like it's a great little island track. They nail mm-hmm. it on that one. Love it. Yeah, it's it's great. And it, it, it reminds me of kind of the end of the day. Like, I don't know. It's like I said, like I think about this album kind of as a, a, a day in the life. Um, and then this is kind of like a wind down yeah. for the... The strange before the weird dreams <laughs> the strange the strange dream or whatever it is that, that we're going to get into next um which a controversial track here um transcendental meditation um it's good it's good it's cool it, it's, I mean, it's, it's cool it's cool it is self-explanatory <laughs> um what a strange song what a way to end this album that you know until now was just been kind of like cruising and then you've kind of got this slightly, you know, jazzy. Uh, it's jazzy. It's like, yeah, it's like a, it, it's, it's like, f- 
fusion almost. It's it's got yeah. some really interesting chords and some phrasings that are a little bit new for for the Beach Boys. And um, yeah, I'm interested to see what what Will and John think about this one because I know uh, I mentioned one time that I thought like God, this I kind of wish that they had used something else like you know I went to sleep or time to get alone here you know any you know something that maybe would have fit better with the theme and anyway <laughs> I've grown to like it it's fine um, but I still deep down kind of wish that it was one of the other tracks from the era that maybe would have fit a little bit better I don't know that's funny because I'm a complete opposite I love this song <laughs> yeah. um, and I like that it's the ending song it's such a wacky closer to such a you know calm little album like there's mo- there's peaks on this album where there, there are some slightly louder moments like in Be Here in the Morning the chorus has that whoa part um, sure yeah. but like side two I mean it's a pretty calm album until you get to that very last song and yeah. for a song called Transcendental Meditation it's, it's the loudest song on the album um, I don't know there's something quirky about it that's just just weird enough to be enjoyable and I kind of like that the album ends that way it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like they end on a really high peaceful note because they've been so calm the whole time like here's one mm-hmm. big like hoof for you um, <laughs> yeah I, I dig it yeah. man I think it's cool well it is cool and it's cool. <laughs> um, I, I I dare not anger the 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 Beach Boys gods anymore. <laughs> but I do love this record, um, and as a whole, and this record just rules. I, it's yeah. I wish it. I do wish it was longer. I could stand for a couple more tracks. I got to be honest. Mm-hmm. I would love for it to maybe stretch out to twenty nine minutes, something you know, <laughs> avant garde like man. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's something there's something fun about how short it is. Like I I was listening to it while I made dinner tonight, and it was just over, and I still wasn't finished <laughs> making dinner. I was like, man, like usually I put on a record and like I can you know I can make dinner and the record's still on side two or whatever, and I just right. this record just flies by. It this does. and um, Wild Honey, man, they just fly by. Yeah, so I just, for sure. I just they they leave you wanting more. Um, and it's it's fun that we got some of the outtakes a couple years back. It's hard to, it's hard to find many faults with this record because it has such a cool vibe and every song is really good. And there's some definite all time favorites on here for me: Busy Doing Nothing, Friends, Meant for You passing by those are all just such you know t- top of the top beach boy songs for me um same yeah. yeah i mean it's it's for me it's one of those albums that like it's one of the albums from them that i wouldn't change a single note on because mm. every song is playable there isn't one song that i skip on this album ever um nice whereas i do that on some other other albums like i like on love you like i'd skip good time pretty much all every single time but like mm. i like the song but it's just sure. not yeah, you know, again, it's it. a song that that I, I I feel the same way. I don't think it fits on the record. Exactly, I've, I've learned to love it, and I do I I do love that record. I mean, my top my top three Beach Boys records: Pet Sounds, Love You, and Friends. Ooh, so, nice! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a hell of a trio there. Oh my God, which brings me to um, <laughs> if you don't mind sticking around for a couple minutes, oh, I'm yeah. gonna 
go through your top 10 Beach Boys records for our uh, for our friends behind the paywall? I wrote them down. I'm ready. All right. So we'll uh, we'll wrap up here. But if you guys want to uh, check out more from from Giggins, obviously you can check out his YouTube page. I'll link it in the show notes. Anything else you want to plug, like socials or anything like that? Uh, I'm on Instagram as Giggins. Is an underscore after my name and uh, mm-hmm. Patreon. I got my Patreon.com slash Giggins where I do my little podcast and post videos and pictures and it's stuff that keeps the channel on YouTube alive. So there you go. Great. Definitely check that out. If you are a patron of the show, head on over to that feed. I will be posting uh, more with Giggins. We're going to do a top 10 albums and um, thank you to our newest patrons, Gregory Lusitano, Mark Catapano, Scott Galligan, and Matt F. for supporting the show. You are the reason that we are able to do this, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. And head on over there if you're interested in checking it out. You can join and cancel at any time. You won't hurt my feelings, I promise. Please check it out at patreon.com slash sale on. We love you! And thanks again, Giggins, for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. This was a thrill. Love your show, man. This is awesome. All right, this was a fun one. Thank you again to Nia D'Amelio. Thanks to Giggins. Thanks to Will C and to Matt Thompson and thanks to all of you for sticking with me really appreciate it we're going to be back next month joined again by Will and John to dive deep into the Friends recording sessions I am very excited for that I am going to learn a lot and I think you will too I can't wait I will see you guys soon take care of each other hang on to your ego and as always Sail on, sailors.